0: this afternoon we're going to talk just a moment about choices we will observe the Lord's Supper together and then we will dismiss in just a moment but first I want us to think about the topic of choices now each of our uh, children and our teens today they as they entered uh, they received a box of M&Ms and so it says on there do not open until pastor Greg tells you when it's time to open them so you can take those out now, and if you haven't already opened them, you can open them now. <laughs> and you had a choice to follow the instructions or not follow them. And we had a choice of what kind to give you, plain or peanut. So you can open the box, and as you do, take out one of the M&Ms, if you will, at this time. I have a green one here in my hand. And actually, the M&M tells the Christmas story, partly. It has an M on it. And, of course, that can stand for manger. And then if you turn it sideways, it looks like a three. Three wise men. If you turn it the other way, it looks like an E from the east. And then you can turn it upside down. And it looks like a W who came to worship. Okay. It was a long week. Okay. I was trying to... Put together the Christmas story with M&Ms but whenever you see these think about these and what God did for each one of us in the Christmas story because they do tell the story but I want us to talk for a moment about choices we all make them and we make them every day in fact the latest research says that every one of us make about hundred and twenty-two choices a day now I saw one research from Cornell University that says we make 35,000 choices a day now thought there's no way and got to doing further and looking and research shows that we all make about hundred and twenty two choices a day what do you eat what do you wear where you go what you say how you act what you do and then larger choices in life are you going to marry if, if so whom do you marry are you going to play it risky or play it safe those kind of choices are you going to live by your convictions or are you going to live by comfort are you going to do what's right or are you going to do what's convenient Are you going to live with a biblical worldview or with a cultural worldview? You see, we we make these choices all the time. You even made a choice whether to attend tonight or not. And life consists of the sum of all the choices you make. But folks, God loves you enough and loves me enough to give us choices. He didn't have to. In fact, some people believe we don't have any choices, that life is just a—it's laid out for us and what's going to be is going to be. I heard that growing up. But that's not what the Bible says. It does not say what's going to be is going to be and you just deal with it. It tells us that life is made up of the choices you make, good or bad. God's people were standing on the edge of the promised land. Moses was not going to get to go in because of his sin. Joshua would lead them in. But the very last message he gave them, he told them, he's an old man now, and he told them that that God has placed before you life and death, blessing and cursing, and you choose whether it's life or whether it's death, death, whether you're blessed or whether you're cursed. And you know, as I read through the Bible, the Bible is filled with people who make choices, good ones and bad ones. There were some poor choices in the Bible, Adam and Eve. That was a bad choice, listening to the serpent, taking a bite of the fruit. And Lot with Uncle Abraham as they have their flocks and herds. And Abraham said, we need to part ways because our flocks are getting too large. And, and our, our, our herdsmen are starting to grumble with one another. And what starts with them will end with us. And I don't want that. So you choose right or left. And I'll go the other way. And Lot looked up his eyes and looked and thought the plains toward Sodom and Gomorrah were much better watered and had greener grass for the sheep. So he made a poor choice and lost everything he had. And then there was King Saul who made one poor choice after another. And then King David who made a poor choice to see a woman and lust with his eyes and commit adultery and have her husband killed. And Judas who took the 30 pieces of silver, he made a bad choice. But the Bible's also filled with people who made good choices. So Noah, building an ark when it had never even rained before. And everyone laughing at him. But he's faithful to keep hammering. And then there's Abraham at 80 years old. And God said, uproot everything you have and all your family and everything you own and go 1,200 miles to a land I'll show you. At 80 years old, many of us would have said, Nope, I've lived my life, I'm done, all my roots are here, family's here, I'm staying right here. But he obeyed. And then you have King Josiah who made some good choices, led God's people back. And the Ethiopian eunuch who made a good choice to follow Jesus. And then as I look through the Bible, I see people who did both. They made poor choices and they made good choices. And Rahab the harlot was one of those. The first part of her life was not good. Poor choices that led her to that lifestyle. But then good choices to become a believer. And then there was Saul who became Paul. And he made poor choices, then made a good one. And the thief on the cross, a lifetime of thievery. But at the last, made a good choice to trust Jesus choices and then as I look at the Christmas story it's full of choices Mary let me read her story Luke chapter 1 in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David the virgin's name was Mary And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will you, to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month with her who has been called barren, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, and here is her choice. Let it be to me according to your word. The angel departed. She had a choice. And she said, Let it be unto me. It's the word Genomai. May it cause to happen. Just as you said. And then Joseph, I talked about him last Sunday morning. He had a choice. Angel appeared. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child she has is, is the Holy Spirit's. And Matthew one twenty-four said, Joseph did as the angel commanded. He had a choice obeyed. And then you keep looking through the Christmas story. The shepherds out in the field and and an angel chorus appears and says, "Go worship." And they could have just blown it off. But they obeyed. They had a choice. And the innkeeper, he had a choice. No room here. And the wise men, later on, following a star and refusing to tell Herod, they had choices and they followed. And even old King Herod, evil as he was, had a choice and he chose poorly. Christmas story is full of choices. But you know who else had a choice at the Christmas narrative? God. You see, he could have remained in heaven and there'd been no Christmas. And you and I would die in our sins. And we would have remained estranged from him. But he chose to become one of us and die on the cross for our sins so we would not forever be separated from him. God didn't want it that way. He thought thought you were worth it. And so he came to earth in the form of a baby and became one of us, Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, he had a choice. And he thought we were worth it so he came now what really happened in the manger what really happened there first of all I want to show you a picture of the manger you'll see it on the screen this is a manger we had 51 of us just went to Israel we got back a week ago I took this picture while we were there this this manger was found in our very first stop in a place called Caesarea Maritima or Caesarea by the sea that is a a manger that goes back to the first century at the time of Christ it was a rock structure and they would put hay and, and, and feed for animals in there but it made a great cradle for a baby and they found one there that goes back to the time of Christ very similar to that and as Mary laid that child in the manger what really was going on well theologians call it the hypostatic Union let me explain Jesus in heaven as the second person of the Trinity fully God was born of a virgin and took on flesh but he did not cease to be God now he's fully both God and human. So he has two natures, inseparable forever. Not two natures that mixed. He was, he was not a half-breed. He had two natures that were both full. He was fully man and fully God, one without losing the identity of who he was. He was not a human until he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. But now Jesus is one united person forever and so whenever that baby grew up and he became a man at times he operated with the limitations of a human he he got tired he got hungry he got thirsty he 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 could be on one place at one time he couldn't he couldn't be everywhere at once and he he limited himself to his knowledge he had to ask questions he didn't know everything there were times he was just a limited human like you and me but then there were other times Jesus operated with the full power of God he he knew people's thoughts and he knew the future And he walked on water humans can't do that and he raised the dead humans can't do that and so he possessed both natures, and at times he operated on both natures. And he did that, Hebrews says, to identify with you and me. Because we needed somebody just like us, but without sin, to take our place so we could be righteous. Righteous. that's what Hebrews says chapter 2 verse 17 he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people so he made a choice but here's my question you've heard about the other choices all throughout the Bible and God's choice But what about you? What choice are you going to make? You see, folks, Christmas is not a time we can just just gather with family and come to a service and leave. What happened here demands a choice. You're either going to believe this and follow this, or you're going to reject it. But you have a choice so what choice are you going to make to receive Christ as Savior and be a follower to grow in your faith to obey him to be active in a church to study the Bible daily to give God a percentage of your finances to forgive others, to follow the Bible and your beliefs and your lifestyle. You have a lot of choices to make. So, what are you going to choose to do? Well, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm not ready to make a choice, I, I'll decide later. Well, as William James said, not to decide is a decision. C.S. Lewis said there are really only two kinds of people in this world. Those who say to God, going to do it my way, sorry. Or those who say, your will be done. And we're either one of those two. So which one is it? Eleanor Roosevelt was the wife of FDR, one of our presidents. She was the first lady of the U.S. from 1933 to 1945. She had a powerful impact, not just on the U.S., but really the world. Harry S. Truman called Eleanor Roosevelt not the first lady of the U.S., but the first lady of the world. She was a diplomat. She was an activist. She was a U.S. delegate to the United Nations. And whenever her, her bill, the Universal Declaration, was passed, the entire United Nations stood up and gave her a standing ovation she was dearly loved among Americans but I want you to hear what Eleanor Roosevelt said about choices she said quote, your philosophy of life is not expressed with words it's expressed in your choices You can say you believe certain things, but it's not what you say, it's what you do that really expresses what you believe. She said, What you really believe is what you choose to do and how you choose to live. She said, Your choices shape your life. And they shape you. The bottom line is, she said, the choices you make are your responsibility, nobody else's. She said this in 1933 My responsibility and mine alone. So, what are you going to choose spiritually? To follow? Or are you going to put it off one more year? I am so thankful for the choice he made for me let's pray together father I want to thank you today that among all of those in the Christmas story you are the one who chose to make it happen chose to live a sinless life for 33 years and walk this earth and take my sins upon your shoulders and then on Calvary's cross, have my sins nailed to you. And I thank you, Lord. And because of what you've done, I have, I've chosen to give you my life. And now, Lord, as we remember what you've done for us on the cross by observing the Lord's Supper, I pray that your, that your power and presence would be here with us. And God, I want to pray for everyone who's here tonight, those watching my live stream as well, that, Lord, each one of us will choose you because you first chose us. In Jesus' name I pray.